This podcast is made possible by Vital Smarts, the Speak Up Experts. With more than 30 years of conversation research, three New York Times bestselling authors and over 3 million people trained, that's Vital Smarts. If you're struggling to hold a tough conversation in the office or at home, visit vitalsmarts.com.au slash DSTM to master your speak up skills and create an environment of accountability. Dave Warner was never going to win me back, except that when he emptied his pockets, jokingly... Yeah, that was funny. I I just thought of all the makeover things that they've made him do, like with the sunglasses and the cap and not doing this and not chewing gum. When he did that, I went on, I'm I'm half prepared to like Yeah, but in the pure sense I'm talking about, of all the great performances by Aussies on the international stage this year... Yeah, it was brilliant. This is the best, I reckon. I'm intrigued that you would go back to do a podcast with Sam Newman after you've watched the Adam Goods film, to be brutal. Well, because, well, in simple terms, you're not the first person to express that view, but Sam is a friend of mine, and he makes me laugh, and I enjoy his company. And I think he brings a lot of these problems on himself, but he's a very smart person in intellectual terms. Really? Even the tiniest, silliest rule, it's important, because once one rule is broken, free for all. My crush... Should I use the word crush? Yeah, that's all right. It's not a sexual thing. No. (laughs) (laughs) The premise of the book is that Donald Trump cheats on the golf course. In what sort of way? Subtle or overtly? (laughs) If moving your ball (laughs) and pretending that you've hit it out of a bunker into the hole when you've dropped it in the hole yourself, if that's subtle, well, that's what it is. Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast with Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkins. Hello everyone and welcome to Don't Shoot the Messenger. This is episode 95. Yes, we are on the big countdown toward our 100th birthday. More on that a bit later. I'm here with my buddy in arms, Caroline Wilson. Hi, Caro. Hello, Corrie. And we have a great, we have a great, truly great of Australian journalism here <laughs> with us today. We have Mike Sheehan. Yay! Former, old, are you an clubbing, Nat? An old, no, I'm just saying that you're an old friend of the podcast. I was just going to say, why would you say I'm a friend? Former chief football writer of the Herald Sun. Yes. Uh, a legend of the game. Won so many awards, we'd have to kind of put in an entire new wall here in Croc Media <laughs> to hold all the plaques and trophies that you've Righto. won over the years. Okay. And the media centre at AFL House is named after you. I know all that, Corey. Thank you. And a few things have happened in <laughs> Sid's life, Mike's life, over the last few months, and we're going to grill him about all of them. What's happened? You, bu- you built good, a new house, some Mike. Some bad. Oh, I was really? talking about the domestics. You built a new house, Mickey. How's the house going? Well, I don't want any, I'm not going to entertain any questions on romance. Oh, I just asked about your house. Because it's a foreign subject to me. Oh, we were <laughs> what about your house? How's the house going? You enjoying Haven't it? you seen it? Well, you haven't invited some of us over. You've invited some people around the table there, but the hi- there's Corey, there's, there's one highlight. There's lots of highlights in the house, but the biggest highlight is the bunks. Yeah, the they are good, aren't bunks. they? Everyone <laughs> says that. It's a one point two million dollars. How many people have you had to not dinner me, and not, not me? No, people oh, just everybody in Melbourne's gone. No, no, no. Me, I have a good friend of I've more than forty in. years. No, Corrie, people just call in and have people a look. People just call in and say hello and say, you know, can, oh. "Can I have a look around your house?" Or if they're like me. Like the look of the old gate he was chucking out to go to the tip, and guess what? It's now my gate. Did you steal that? I said, can I borrow no, your... No, you didn't. I, I was anyway, saving listen. that. listen. Come on, you two. Stop it. <laughs> now, he's look, become a grandfather, and he's restarted... He's already been a grandfather. He's, re- he's had another grandchild. He's Why don't you ask me some of these things and just talk, and stop talking and about he's, me? He's actually started a new po- podcast, which we're not so sure about, but we'll ask him about that too. Um, first of all, before we get cracking today, because we've got lots to talk about, we do have a bit of housekeeping, Caro. Now, uh, in relation to the MCC election update, 
which I think probably you'll be wanting to read yeah, well, the results look, there look, with what your friend was, Bill Hodges. Yeah, Bill didn't get in, unfortunately, for Bill. Did you put the moz on him? No, I didn't put the moz on him. Look, what happened was, and this often happens with MCC elections, the incumbents were all re-elected, um, Mark Smith, Jeffrey Roberts and Annabel Brebner. So that's what happened with Bill Hodges. And Corrie, um, just moving on to um, cooking, Andrea Hardcastle made both my risotto and the apple and raspberry cake last night. They were both... A, Big hit. So that's good. That's I've missed good. this. Yeah. <laughs> you love being here for this. And uh, we had a message on Facebook from Shauna O'Sullivan who said, you've inspired me to cook from mum's 1978 edition of the Margaret Fulton because, of course, we were uh, singing the praises of Margaret Fulton who died last week, Caro. If only she was alive to go on MasterChef. And Louise Not Brown via Instagram couldn't agree with you more about that shocking Netflix movie Murder Mystery. She only lasted 10 minutes. Oh, agree, Louise, agree. Mandy from Hardy Grant, our rep who has been on the show before, uh, complimented us on our photograph, Carol. In fact, there are a few people who said that we looked rather lovely, particularly you after your dry July, on our Instagram account. If, you, if you're not following it, it is the Don't Shoot, uh, what's it called again? Uh, don't Shoot Pod. So at Don't Shoot Pod if anybody is interested. But Mandy said that um, it, the best snap ever. Thanks, Mandy. And Margaret Fulton will be remembered as Australia's most renowned cook and has always believed that good food and good cooking are part of all that is best in life. So on that happy note, we're going to move on to our Ju- July, no, our August challenges. We do, we do a challenge every month now, Sid. Mm-hmm. We set ourselves a challenge. We don't always stick to it. like not drinking? Yep. There's or, a bit of that sometimes. Corrie's in July was um, cut down on social media. I was I cut down on drinking. I didn't actually do the full dry July, but I, I had about 12 drinks in July, which was pretty good. You know how <laughs> you, you and I were doing it in February, and we worked out the best way was to go to a four or five o'clock movie, because by the time the movie's over. Did we do it in February? Yeah. <laughs> how long did I last? About three hours? <laughs> anyway, um, I've cooked two recipes out of two cookbooks. Oh, that's good, because your challenge was to go look through all of those recipe books in your kitchen yes. and cook as much as you could. I've Why discu- don't you talk about stuff that's happening in the world? I've discovered, not allowed to. I've discovered some... We can only talk football. That. We're not allowed to talk about American politics and terrible shit. No, we okay, are. Aren't we? To, uh, we've just banned Donald Trump this week because I just cannot... It's too depressing. Except you've got actually an interesting story about Donald Trump, but that'll come later. Very quickly, Corrie, I made an amazing chicken with sherry recipe on Friday night for my husband's homecoming. Five ingredients, bay leaves, olive oil, garlic bulbs, chicken and sherry. And which recipe book was this? It was a Neil Perry, one of those little mini cookbook things. Oh, yeah, the little tiny ones. Yep. Yeah, they sold very well. Yeah, and it was so easy and it was yummy. And I made, and I, I went back to Otto, I went back to Otto Lingi, simple. And there's this recipe with tomatoes and prawns and <laughs> fennel seeds. And also, although I used risoni, unbelievable. It's going to be my recipe next week. Why didn't you get me to come in 15 minutes in? <laughs> what about the test match? <laughs> We're coming to that. Jeez. Just a minute. I have to report on mine. So, so Mickey, my um, August challenge is to take up yoga. So having declared this last week, I was contacted by our dear friend Maggie at Ocean Beach Yoga, who said that she was going to help demystify some of the postures for me and I could have a little after class. So I'm off this week to go to my first class. Well, not really my first class, but it's my first intended. I'm really there to learn. And I think Maggie might give me a few tips after the... I'm seeing Maggie for a very special dinner on Saturday night that I'll report back on next week. Are we going? 
Yeah, no. are we invited? No, it's a, it, it's it's, ra- it's raising money for not not at my home, it's someone else's home. It's raising money for a wonderful um, cause called Are You Okay? Anyway, more to come next week. What about my challenge? Yeah, what, what is, is, is yours? To get rid of ten kegs from my fat belly. I was going to say how svelte you look. Really? Yeah. And and yesterday I walked 11,600 steps. Well, look, walking is very good because Carol and I are here to confirm after our Cornwall walk, we both felt that we had limbered up and lost a K or two. So walking is very good for you. She, as in Nance, told me that you were doing 30,000 K a day. Is that right? Steps. 30,000 K? What are you calling it? That's walking to England. Hey, you idiot. 30,000 steps. Sid, have you seen, have you ever seen a sporting redemption comparable with what happened with in Steve. Edgebaston with Steve Smith. Oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? It, it was, was. It really was. I mean, it, it was, and and it was compounded, Corey, by the foulness of the crowds and the masks with the crying. That's right. Even Dave Warner, which was finally, they were actually rather clever, I thought. Oh, I didn't. Bad, like bad that. sportsmanship. It's sort of they clever. Fi- the English are very witty in a crowd situation, mm. aren't but they? But it was a brilliant performance. It, it's as good as any. I mean, it took me back to the days when you used to get this tingle up your spine yep. with something that was happening from, from an Aussie out in the middle, and I haven't done that for a long time. It was just pure. It was pure skill. There was you know, no ball tampering, no mystification, no nothing. It was we don't just have ball tampering pure. every test, Corey. <laughs> no, well, well, the thing was is that for me, cricket it was on a downward spiral, and they got worse and worse, and the dark glasses and the rudeness in interviews, and the and then it all it sort of. It reached that point of correction in South Africa. So I've been, Brendan and I have been on the bandwagon since summer, since Tim Payne took over as captain. But Dave Warner was never going to win me back, except that when he emptied his pockets jokingly. Yeah, that was funny. I I just thought of all the makeover things that they've made him do, like, you know, with the sunglasses and the cap and not doing this and not chewing gum. When he did that, I went on, I'm I'm half prepared to like it. Yeah, but in a pure sense I'm talking about, of all the great performances by Aussies on the international stage this year. Yeah, it was brilliant. This is the best, I reckon. I think so too. Um, And obviously helped by the fact that they actually won. No, we haven't won a test at Edgebaston for 18 years. Yeah. Don't think anyone ever wins there except England. What a dreadful-looking place it looks. Look, <laughs> did you see the pitch? Yeah. And it just, the it pitches, just, there's about 15 of them. Oh, would Can you been... both tell me your views on the captain? <clears throat> to Tim what extent, Yeah, to what extent do we, do we uh, say Tim Payne's captaincy had a fair bit to do with this win? Well, I don't know that from where my vantage point, but I do know that Stephen Smith decided the Test match. By, I mean, we were go- yep. we were going to make a hundred in the first innings until Smith just steadied the ship. Yeah, but but we can't just say. I mean, it's happened under Tim Payne's watch, so we have to give. Well, him- if one bloke's made two hundred and sixty runs, Corey, but there must be something happening off the field as well that Steve Smith is feeling. Well, no, that there's a camaraderie that there's a feeling of support. That he actually felt relaxed enough to. Oh, there's always been that. Don't I mean, you think? He, yeah, no, but he's, he's been welcome back and he's had a year to. He's obviously been doing an amazing amount of work on his craft. He was already one of the best batsmen in the world. But um, it, it's been interesting. It was interesting that the minute he started doing a few field placings, the talk began that maybe Steve Smith should take over as captain again once that ban ends. Mm. But uh, that doesn't. He, he's show, but showing leadership anyway. Yeah, I, I don't see any need to make that change. No, but I, I don't either. I, there was a text message. I am on this, Corey, even though you were sort of weaning yourself off Twitter. Robert Shaw posted, Robert Shaw, the ex-Essendon yes. footballer and Adelaide coach, posted... Cousin of Tony and Ray. Is he? Yep. Yeah, he is. Okay. Well, he's also the uncle of Tim Payne. Yes. And he sent a beautiful tweet yesterday about 
um, what, um, Matthew Wade and Tim Payne talking about the when they grew up in Lauderdale, which is a little town 20 minutes from Hobart, playing backyard cricket together. And there they are, starring in a Test match win in, in England, isn't it's it? It's very I romantic. Mean, the dreams of kids, and, and sometimes they do come true. Well, Matthew Wade was unbelievable when, when uh, Steve Smith was running out of partners. And so was Peter Siddle, yeah, he was. by the way. He was. Look, it was, a, it was an unbelievable – it made me feel good about Australian sport in such a – I'm I'm complete. I've got a bit of spring in my step today. So we do forgive that when people prove themselves with the fire on them, we do forgive them, don't we? Well, yeah, he proved the best way he could, which was with his skills that on the ground. That mental skill. You talked about his skill before. I think that's a given. But the mental s- strength of of Smith reminded me of Steve War at his best, and I mean that's you know I can't give any more high, any higher. Are you praise old enough than that. to remember Steve War? <laughs> I'm old enough to remember Bradman. Oh, of course we remember Steve Waugh. <laughs> the other thing was, I think having guys like Ponting coming into the fold, I mean, it, it's been a, there's been a good feeling about this team all yep. summer, all yep. the English summer. Sid, I've got to ask you about the fact that you've restarted your podcast. Um, this is a podcast, it's called You Cannot Be Serious. Yep. You don't were... think you're going to take any of our listeners, by the no, way, actually, just Corey, in all honesty, I don't, think, I don't think people listening to us this morning will be listening to... Me, Sam, and Don Scott. Having, aren't you going to give recipes? <laughs> Don Scott's a good cook. I recipes heard. for disaster. <laughs> so, so Grant Thomas is no longer part of it, and there are reasons for that. Um, the podcast was starting to attract a bit of negative attention, and you walked away. I'm intrigued that you would go back to do a podcast with Sam Newman after you've watched the Adam Goods film, to be brutal. Well, because, well in simple terms, you're not the first person to express that view, but Sam is a friend of mine. And and he makes me laugh and I enjoy his company. And I think he brings a lot of his problems on himself, upon himself, but but he's a very smart person in, in intellectual terms. Really? Yeah, I is. agree with that. When I did yeah. that profile yeah. on him twenty years ago for the Sunday Age, uh, I talked to old Geelong grammar people who knew him and so on. They said he was brilliant. Brilliant footballer, brilliant cricketer and fabulous at English, really good in the classroom. Yeah. And he's got those those and look, he's very loyal and he's very generous. And and I need, I mean, I like the stimulation that we get. I don't necessarily have to agree with everything that other people on the podcast say. But when you watch, I mean, I'll, the good, I'll go back to it's not only the Goods film, but his stand on Stephen Dank was it was almost dumb in its yeah, refusal. I, I agree to, with that. I mean, it just surprises me. He's not a stupid man, but I don't think he's as intelligent as you're all saying. Do you you think he's like an Andrew Bolt carer who perhaps uh, puts himself forward sometimes, not necessarily on issues that he feels passionate about, but he knows that the public out there will have a I think his treatment of Adam Goods was just bullying and verging on racist. And and, I mean, he's obviously attacked me many times. I think he's got some biases that you don't have, and it just surprises me, given your friendship with the Sydney Swans. I mean, they would be horrified that you're doing this, aren't they? You're kidding. Did you see some of the comments on your Instagram? No. What, I didn't think you followed social media. I look at your Instagram. We, we do Instagram together. What, what, what were people saying? Oh, there was a comment from the Sydney Swans, you know, Boo Newman or something like that. Yeah, but, but that's Boo Newman. I mean, people say, and I hate that expression, your brand, right? But a lot of people have referred to that. Well, my brand for whatever that is, is me. I mean, I don't think... Um, if I go on a podcast with Sam or Don Scott or Grant Thomas or whomever, that that's going to affect what people think of me, is it? 
No, oh. well, we would hope actually that you might have well, some sort of bring some sane voice and that maybe affect- one day <laughs> Sam might agree with you. That would be a shock, wouldn't it? It doesn't affect the way we feel about you because you're our friend. But I know that a lot of your friends have said to you they wish you weren't working with well, Sam Well, you Newman. principally. Oh, yeah. come on. <laughs> I mean, anyway. What are you uh, going to talk about, Mickey? Is it just going to be footy? No, we, well... Because I find Don Scott also a very interesting Yeah, well, and Don was... Brain we, too. We, our first one was last week and Don was... Better than I thought he'd be. I mean, he, Don wants this you to know, work. Oh, he'll always be my hero. Yep, I know because he saved your footy final. club. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, apart from yeah. that, well, yeah, but um, when he was on. Field. No, he wasn't. And he wants. It's, when people want something to work, you get the best of them. And we've only done two actually, and in both cases, they were keen to make it as good a product as they could. And, and it'll be even better when um, when Nance comes on, Corey, because the deal was I come on with you. And she comes on with the things. Me. The oh, things right. I'll just, I do. Um, I'll just, just do my knitting How in here and watch no, you guys. I'll bet you listen to it. The oh, thing, well, well, will, thanks for the invitation. Don't well, I exist as well, a media personality you in do, your but, mind? But the people, oh, yeah, the tension is between Caroline Wilson and John <laughs> Sammy Newman. No, there no. might be tension between me and them, a different kind of tension. Well, sex, Corey, sexual I, tension. You, should be, you should be thanking me for the, the sacrifices I make for this podcast. Now, Don Scott brings to mind disgruntled players from former clubs who fall out with their clubs, which Don did for many years, Sid. And Open Mike is back, pre, um, premiering it, well, not premiering it, after a hiatus. Tuesday night, an interview. This night. An interview with. With. Um, Former Swan, Andrew Dunkley. Yeah. And um, speaking of people who fall out with their clubs, this is an extraordinary story, Corrie. It is. Um, This is a a guy who was inducted into the club's Hall of Fame. 2011, yep. And um, did he not turn up? (laughs) Correct. (laughs) He didn't go. And um, let me say this. What was his issue? Because he left on bad. You don't have to go. He left on bad terms and he still hasn't resolved that, which is. Which I think that's fair enough if you don't want to attend a Hall of Fame. Really? You know? If you've well, been inducted into a Hall of Fame? Well, I think so. I think if you have personal issues, it's your choice. You don't. The, the, the AFL doesn't personal, make you go. No, no. The no, personal it's not issues the AFL. Aren't it's with this club. But with this club. Well, AFL, the AFL family. But the personal issues aren't with the club as such. The club has been going for 150 years and will continue to do so. But His were there still people been, there? Were there still individuals there who pissed not, him off originally? No, not to my understanding. And I, I asked him, Nancy, you're, you're aware of the, this thing that I, I interviewed him for half an hour and we talked about the issues. I get the feeling you, you're not impressed by his stand. No, I, mean, I, like, I like Andrew and he was yeah. really honest, which I, which I appreciated. Does he regret it? He says he probably should have gone. But the, other, the interesting one was I said to him, Andrew, you've got a son now playing with the, with the Bulldogs and he's also got a son playing for Melbourne. I said, if the Swans, your old club, invited you to come up as their guest to watch your son play your old club, would you go? And he, and he couldn't bring himself to say yes. And I said, well, I'm honest, it's not my business whether he goes or not, but I, he knew that I, I thought that was a weird attitude. I mean, that, And did he absolutely explain why he doesn't like the Swans? Uh, because of the way he, they retired him? No, I think he thought he was cooked when he finished, but but I also think that he was convinced that they were going to give him a job and it never eventuated. But to be fair to me, I said that to him. I said, Andrew, at 34 years of age, after 10 or 11 years in the system, it's incumbent upon you to know what, what, what your next step is going to be. You just can't presume 
Can you? Well, but sh- you know what I would argue, though, as a parent, his 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 greatest legacy is occurring now with his two sons, who are obviously talented, who he's clearly worked with and mentored. He has, but what about if that's the, a, that's a great gift? What about if neither of the sons was good enough to play at AFL level? Oh, for and, sure, and for he was sure. estranged from his yeah, football club. Yeah, yeah, but club. we're talking about we're, yeah, we're talking about him now. Well, you know. Anyway, look, it's it's um it's a very interesting discussion. I think there's I think these are fascinating stories, and I'm I'm with Sid. I just think it's extraordinary to be inducted into a club's hall of fame and not turn up. I think it's sad. He was a little bit embarrassed, I reckon, about that. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a sad thing to miss out on. But the, in a funny way, uh, he said to me at the start, he said, oh, I don't want to be too controversial. And I said, well, w- w- like all three of us would say, I'll ask you the questions and how you choose to answer them is your business. In the finish, he said he was really pleased he did it. So I think there was a cathartic element to it too. Do you know, Mick, you often say that about people who go on your show. I think it is, it's, it's like, it is like a therapy session. I often feel, <laughs> I often feel like I'm sitting there at a therapy session. Well, I take that as a compliment. It is. It, it's a total compliment. A little... Sometimes I'd love you to go a bit harder, but I understand that there's mutual respect and regard. But when you're, you're talking, always, yeah, when you're talking, you, about, you don't want to go. When you're too talking about hard. people who have lost members exactly, of their family and exactly. stuff like that, how far do you go? That's exactly right. I, 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 it's hard. I mean, I, I'm. I'm like you. I'm like you. I used to think that I was probably not a hard-hitting journalist, you know, ask, I don't asking, think that. asking the toughest question that make people cry. But the end result is probably the same because they open up. They don't feel they're being attacked. They feel they're in a comfortable zone. I think that's of true. Mutual respect. But I also I don't accept that I'm not uh, hard. Oh no, sorry. I don't mean to infer that you are. But you're not. You're not. You're not. Um, like so, like so I hope many I'm not of the journalists, not tough. Yeah, I, not- um, this is the. I, I think if I had to paraphrase, it's difficult talking about you, yourself. Does, or what I, you I do. disagree, Corey. I think he asked some pretty tough questions, but, and no, I, think I don't mean to say go- that you don't ask tough questions, but you're not combative like a lot of. No, a lot of, no I agree that's, with that. That's on not the style of. St- that's not the style of the show. No, no, I know, but but Mike has never been like that anyway. No, He's I agree, never I agree been with combative. that. I agree with that. I, I think if I had to, describing yourself is always difficult, but I would say I'm. Not intrusive, but I am incisive. That's how I'd like to see it. And uh, a little birdie tells me you might have a big name coming up on open mic after Dunkley in the next few weeks. A recently retired premiership player from the Western Bulldogs. Um, Oh, come on. Can you just name it? Honestly, time's ticking away. I heard Tom Boyd might be coming on the show. Oh, did you hear that? Did you? Okay. Which, which menagerie have you been in this week? Is that true? Well, well, I had a coffee with Tom uh, last week at Tom and Liam Pickering, um, and we just talked. We, I think. Oh God! It, th- sound, it sounds like um, it, it would be. It sounds a- like Danaher going up to Sydney and having a coffee with. Um- well, I'm not, I'm not trying to recruit Tom. Oh, yes, I am. I mean, I, I would love to sit down with Tom and talk because he's in a good space, uh, and he's a great story. This is the kid that was a premiership player and then turned his back on probably a couple of million bucks because to get his um, get himself right and he's back playing with his junior footy club and I just really like the story. It would be a great interview great if you can get it. I hope yeah. you do. Hey, you you we, would do it well. Moving off from football and onto your recent trip, road trip into the desert, I kept seeing on your Instagram account, Mike, that you were in – you look like Cuba Pedi or where were you um, with a bunch of blokes on an aeroplane? <laughs> where did you are go? Are you the one who says, would I stop posting pictures of myself? Is that you? No, I don't, I don't think it was, Colin. Oh, I love pictures of yourself. I love seeing pictures of you on Instagram. Look, I did and I said Even him, though I was on a social media refrain, you know, on a diet. I said in one of the captions, I said, yeah, yeah, I know you're sick of me, but I'm going to post it anyway. 
We went on a light plane to um, places called Tilpa on the Darling River, which now should be called the Darling Creek, one of the oh, saddest sites right. we saw. It looked very dry. Uh, in then that a place photo. called Hungerford, which has seven permanent residents. And, and, how, and how many pubs? No, a pub. <laughs> was that the one you posted with the, posed with the statues on the bus stop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the scarecrows. <laughs> and, who, and why did you? What took you up there? It's just a, a group of us from um, Sorrento, who you know when you talk about different things you'd like to do. And I said, well, what was the attraction up there? I don't know. Not fishing in the, the Darling River because it's now. A no, I don't fish anyway. But um, I don't know. I just wanted to go to Outback Australia. In right some on. form, and, and we How did How long that. did it take in the plane? The, the plane, a bloke called Andrew Henderson, who used to part on the Portsea Hotel, yep. and he's a friend of the guys that we that I went away with, um, he said that his plane can fly from Essendon to Cairns on one tank and get there only 40 minutes after the Qantas jet. How's that? Oh. So God, we're, we're imagine, cruising. Cara, imagine if that plane had gone down, it would have been like that time, the big bopper and all that. <laughs> All oh, that talent, Walker, Buddy Holly, and... that whole talent, <laughs> <laughs> and Hendo. Yeah, we would have been singing on the way. We, we were cruising at twenty-two thousand feet at five hundred and fifty. Were you scared? Oh, a couple of times when, when the plane comes down, it wobbles around a bit, but the rest of it was great. Oh, gee, I would have been. Anyway, look, it's something that you just should do if you've got the chance to do I'm it. I'm just interested. You chose those spots of all I the places you could have gone. I didn't choose them, yeah. and the place I wanted to go to was Broken Hill, and we stayed there for about ten minutes. Oh. No, you want to go to you want to go to somewhere like um, Cooper Pedy, somewhere that's a really we went up, we went to experience. White Cliffs or White Hills, one of those, and that's that's got underground uh, housing and it's yeah. the Opal Capital. No, no, one of, Cooper Pedy is yeah, the one of the Opal. I've been there, Mick. I can tell you that. Have I spent been, four days in Cooper Pedy. Have you been to White embarrassingly, embarrassingly, I never have been. Have to you any been to of White Cliffs? No. You should get out of town, Nance. I know that. Go and now, have a look around. To be very <laughs> insular for one more minute before we go to your crush of the week. Our old friend Brian Walsh has come back to the AFL. It's good, isn't it? To run the corporate communications overdue, long Correct. overdue, in my view. He replaces the woman that used to leak all those stories to you, Liz Lucan. No, sadly, never leaked a story to me. <laughs> leaked plenty to the Herald Sun because that's what they do. But um, And it didn't work, her being a consultant. Brian Walsh has stepped off the North Melbourne border. He will in about a month. I think it's a great appointment. He should have been an executive at the AFL anyway. He's got a great manner, Walshie, and he understands the scene. Now, I can think I, can it's I, a really good appointment. Can I just ask, Gillen, can I ask, is this Gillen's, Gillen's appointment or is it the commission saying, Gillen, you need to get some help here? Oh, no, Gillen realised he needed to completely restructure this whole area. It's been a disaster. But how would you say he's been going publicly this year, Gillen? Just just fair. He, oh, yeah, no, just fair. I, I, he hasn't been, he's not as decisive as um, his predecessor, is he? No. No, um, and I, I would have liked him to have been firmer on several of the issues that have become public, um, and he was late with the Adam Goods apology and thing. No, I don't think I don't think he's had a great twelve months. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's a fantastic appointment. I reckon they're going to completely redo that whole department, but it was a bit ad hoc and a bit haphazard the way it was set up. So I'm thrilled that Brian Walsh. Yeah, is me back. too. Yeah, Mickey, you have a crush. What's your crush of the week? My crush. Is, should I use the word crush? Yeah, that's all right. It's not a sexual thing. No. <laughs> think of the people and the things no, that we've had as our crush. It's not a romantic thing. No, I'm no. not looking at you. I'm looking at Nat. We have a crush on someone who's done something unbelievable. Okay. Well, or... my crush is on um, a former colleague of yours. Oh, she's still a colleague of yours. Yeah, she is. Adele Ferguson. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I mean, good crush. The um, 
The banking. Sh- what are you looking at? I'm wondering what. It w- well, the banking system. I'm wondering system, the purpose of the crush. What the crush is actually. I'll tell no, you no, no, why. It's because it's the it's banks in this country are th- corporate thugs and don't give a stuff about any of us. Right. Well, there goes our there goes our Combank sponsor potential. Well, that's okay. We don't, we don't do shoot it. We don't. <laughs> we don't do it for commercial reasons. And she has exposed them, and she did it against lots and lots and lots of opposition over a long period, including to the point where banks were pulling ads out of the age, and she persisted. And I think, in the with the state that journalism is in the world, we desperately need people like Adele Ferguson and Nick McKenzie to continue doing what they do. Yeah, she's. I agree. Well, they're both guns. She's actually she's, coming. She's, she's coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks with well, Sarah and I because her new book, Banking Bad, was released this week. It's. It's. Um. It looks like it's a fantastic read. Well, it's it, a summary on, of the Royal Commission. Yes, and she was on News Breakfast yesterday, and Virginia Trioli gave her the kudos she deserved for what she'd done in focusing the attention on the banks. The Royal Commission wouldn't have happened without Adele Ferguson. No, I agree with that. And I just let's just hope the change continues. Well, she said there hasn't been enough change, but no. some change is better than what we had. Well, we'll tell her in a couple of weeks when she joins Carol and I that she is your crush. Sure, I'm sure she'll, she'll be add that to she? her list of many awards. That <laughs> she's I've, I, I've actually sent her messages about what you know how. Um, impressed I am with her work. Well, that's good. Well, I, I mean I in think a condescending No, but way. I think journalistic colleagues should always do that because yeah. sometimes it is a bit of a lonely life when, yeah. you, when you're trying to you know, bring down the banks of Australia and the finance uh, system. Or sack a coach. Um, thanks for that, Mick. BSF now, books, screen and food. And it comes to us thanks to our sponsors, Vital Smarts. Is your organisation suffering from unsupportive, lazy or poor performers? Are you listening, Banks of Australia? Vital Smarts training gives you and your staff the skills to speak up and hold each other accountable. Used by over 300 of the top Fortune 500 companies and globally proven to solve communication and behavioural problems in any culture or industry. Crucial conversations and crucial accountability training gives you the tools and skills to talk about almost anything, even the toughest issues. So to our potties, visit vitalsmarts.com.au slash DSTM for a listener offer and more information about what Vital Smarts do. So, uh, Mike, I think you're going to do a book, aren't you? That's not. Uh, but I don't look surprised because no. I don't think that you read books. <laughs> you're the but... bookseller. Now, um, I, I was going to ask you if you're selling any of a book called Commander in Cheat, C-H-E-A-T, a play on the expression Commander in Chief, uh, which pertains oh, to for that. Donald Trump. <laughs> Uh, no, I was talking – sometimes I can say cheat and it sounds like chief. No, that's true. Uh, and it's a book about um, the and it president. Has a photograph of him on the cover too. Yeah, the, the president and his demeanour on the golf course. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> now, uh, There's nothing worse really. For, for blokes, I think cheating in golf is probably as bad as you can get. Well, P.G. Wodehouse, that's his name, isn't it? Well done. You're quoting Wodehouse. <laughs> well, he said at the start of the I'll book, tell you he what, said, this new podcast of yours is going to be very highbrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never heard of him until I bought this book. said that uh, you can tell a man's character by the way he behaves on a golf course. Yeah, I think that's not a bad thing. And what's, I think what's most the people premise the, of the book? And a the woman too, the, by the way. I mean, we have, we have it in the shop. Well, I haven't read it, but the what's generic the generic expression, man? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
uh, the premise of the book is that Donald Trump cheats on the golf course. And well, what sort of way? Subtle or overtly? No. <laughs> if moving your ball <laughs> and pretending that you've hit it out of a bunker into the hole when you've dropped it in the hole yourself, if that's subtle, well, that's what it is. Oh, it's just, it, it is such it's, a fine line. You know, I played golf on Sunday with actually the captain of our club. Sorrento? No, I'm not No, I'm not a member at Sorrento. Don't be ridiculous. Where I'm are you a member? Rich. I'm not talking about which club I'm a member oh, of. Oh, come on. But... Please. but his ball, his ball landed on a pile of twigs, as it does, and as he went to move the twigs, the ball rolled. I was watching it with him. The ball rolled, like hardly even moved. It just quivered, right? And he said, oh, that's a stroke. I went, oh, no, come on. Do you have to? He said, no, you have to abide by the rules. It's just so wonderful yeah. when people do it. And we talked about it later, how even the tiniest, silliest rule, it's important because once one rule is broken, free for all. If everyone in business played golf and adhered to the same protocol, the world would be a much better place. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I also, I've seen friendships fractured, relationships completely torn by bad behaviour on the golf course. And of all the things that Jason Ackermanis did towards the end of his mm. career that sort of really hurt his reputation, it was when you read that he'd been kicked out of two or three clubs. Yeah. You went, oh dear, That's, that sort of seals it, Well, Well, it? Donald would have his Secret Service agents uh, jump in the in the cart as soon as he played his shot and the shot that looked like it was going to end up in the bushes or the lake <laughs> suddenly is <laughs> sitting up wicked uh, in the middle of a fairway. Now, and golf's his thing too and which I, makes I it even this worse. With, with Sam who for some reason has got a crush on, on Trump oh. and he says oh Another they just black mark. they play oh, yes. yeah, and I said to him I said this is this proves that you are blindly loyal to this man because Sam adheres to the protocol of golf. You know, he would never contemplate doing anything that was against Where's the spirit. Where's he a member? He's a member at the National. Where, where are you a member? I'm not saying. I don't you're talk not, about my private life. You think you're going to be mobbed, do you? No, I'm not going Sorry, to say you it. talk about your private life every week. We talk, <laughs> yeah. talking That's my about. pretend private life. Where is she Commander member, in Nan? Sheet, How Golf Explains Trump by Rick Riley, and it is $32.99, and it is available at yeah. my bookshop, funnily enough, but you can also buy it at most other Well, I... Good I bought bookstores it the, that have a good sporting section. I bought it at the Avenue in Albert Park because I couldn't get out to your bookshop okay. in Malvern. Well, we but, love Chris Redfern, so yeah. that's but right. You're allowed Rick, to say that. Rick Riley uh, would be as good a sports writer as I've ever read, and he wrote the book. I must oh, say, I must say I we have how, sold a lot of this book. I wonder how Greg Norman, who has a relationship with Trump, feels about the cheating. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? But there must be something. Uh, Bill Clinton, to use the expression, cheated. I mean, they, Bill would just hit three or four balls off the tee and take the best one. Do you think because they're powerful, they think I they think can? I think so. I think so. Barack Obama never cheated. I do. Rem- I do remember a certain person we all knew who um, had actually maybe cheated on not only well, cheated oh, on his wife. And um, what? I'm sorry. Oh, and lots of people who do that. Well, well, exactly. Jeez. And then he cheated at golf. And I said, "But you did none of you cared when he cheated on his wife." No. Oh no, no, no. Golf is much. No, worse. There's more honour on the golf course. Oh, it's disgraceful. Now I who have, was it? Oh, I know my brain. My brain's ticking along here. Now well, I have seen. There are so many. Club. There are so many people who cheat on their wife. But let's focus on who cheats at golf. That's what I'm interested yes. in. I have seen. The most wonderful film. It's. I think it's almost my film of the year. Without me? Without you. I went with our friend Annie, all of our friend Annie. Well, Annie who, Sickle? Yeah, who's yeah. recovering from shoulder surgery. Yeah. And so she's talking about her, good golfers. Yeah, she, yeah. yeah, well, sadly, not till next year now, but when she's back, she'll be back. But you'll love this, Sid. Or, oh, Corrie, you probably will too. We walked into the cinema, it was sold out. 
It's a long movie. I knew it was long. It goes for over three hours. It's called Never Look Away. It's German. And we go to sit down and guess who was guess who was in the seat? And he just shook his head and almost laughed when he saw me. Well, don't coming. say James Heard. Cameron Schwab. Oh, was it? Was it? <laughs> With his wife, Cecily. Anyway, we had a bit of a chat. And What's Cameron do these days? Would you like to tell the potties who don't know what Cameron, Cameron... Schwab, it was, um, well, I've known him since childhood, the son of the late, great Alan Schwab. And he's been... CEO s- of the Melbourne Footy Club. And the Richmond Footy mm-hmm. Club and the Fremantle Footy Club. Most recently, Melbourne. And anyway, look, I know that he's doing a lot of art and he did some beautiful paintings of Adam Goods, which he sent me all I saw on a a post after something I'd written about Adam Goods. And he's doing a bit of consulting, I think. But anyway, it's a German film. It's based on truth. It's by the same director who did that wonderful film, The Lives of Others. Did you see that Mm -hmm. about the Stasis and the Berlin Wall? It starts in the mid-1930s. It ends in the mid-60s. It's based on the true story of an artist by the name of Kurt. Um, It's about his... It's about his aunt and what happens with her and the Nazis. It's about a love affair, um, a love affair that begins at art school in East Germany um, shortly after the war. And um, the girl's father and her, well, look, he, he has a secret dating back to the war and what happens to them in later life. I'm not explaining it very well. Family saga set around the. Subtitles? Yeah, of course. I was going to say, is it a film you read? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, well, it's German. I can't stand them. Oh God! I don't mean. Look, I shouldn't dispute. But you and I, I, no, have I find it s- difficult to watch a movie where I've got to read the dialogue. Don't you find you, you you feel like that for the first minute or two, but then you don't you even notice. You don't like even to, notice. I, like I often get a bit hours. agitated, but then I just get into the moment. I I never look away. Is a beautiful film. So is it's on it general brilliant. release. It wasn't part of a German film festival. No, no, no. It's been going for about. Oh, it's been going for at least a month. I think, Corey. It's. Incredible! If you can see it, go and see it. You don't even notice the subtitles. I thought three hours. I went to a two o'clock session, so you know I didn't want to go at night. Instead you of the go footy, Mick, at eight yeah. o'clock at yeah. night. What would she be doing at the footy? Um, well, I'd she's not to... interested in what happens inside the fence. Uh, I think uh, funny, funny you should say that, Sid, because the previous night I was at the footy watching um, my team. Take good care of your team. I was at the MCG. Well, everyone takes good care of my team. <laughs> <laughs> so I was at the footy. I'd been Saturday afternoon and Saturday night. I did a double header. I did. Social, were you there socially or to watch the footy? Both. What's the difference? Well, I went you know, with I mean, family. Oh, you mean at the at the oh, president's no, dinner? No, 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 no. I went with family. Cara um, always does actually, Richmond in the in the crowd with the family. She yeah, would never go well to done. the president. And we, you know, where we went? We Except went to on the, grand final day. She we, piffs the family and goes <laughs> to the big lunch. We went to the Jim Stein's Grill actually, which is a fabulous part of the um, Melbourne Cricket Oh, no, good on you. That's good. That's and, good. Um, so I did a double head. I did Essen and Port Adelaide Okay, speaking well. of food, we're very footy-oriented today. I have a recipe. I was going to give you a recipe that Francesca, the Ballarat gang, came down on Saturday or the weekend, the entire weekend. But on Saturday night, Cheka cooked uh, fish tacos, which was amazing. And I was going to give you this great recipe. But as she reminded me last night, Caro, this is a very summer-oriented recipe, so I'm going to hold off on that until it's warmer. Checker. But what I uh, my last memory of Checker was running around with a nappy falling off her at um, Heinsen House in Sorrento. She's, she's now <laughs> running around after two with their nappies wow. falling off. Yeah, that's how time that? moves on. Yeah. I do. We have two now. How many do you have? Four. Oh, Kate's just had. Uh, I know. What a cute old. little baby on Instagram! He, he is, Congratulations. I think we're off topic now, but we can do grandparent stuff later. Yeah, we can. So anyway, I thought I would give you this recipe. That um, this is from a book, Mike and Carol. In fact, a good one for your 
grandchildren, Mike, and also your grandniece, who is Francesca, Caroline. Um, this book is being released today by Scribble, which is a subsidiary of Scribe, the baby uh, version of Scribe Publishers, and it's called Lunch at 10 Pomegranate Street, a collection of recipes to share. It is a magnificent picture book by Felicia Sala. And what it is is that this one particular street, Pomegranate Street, and it's all the different people who live in Pomegranate Street, but, of course, it's multicultural. So we have uh, we have um, Asian families with their Asian recipes. We have the Mexican families with guacamole, which is the recipe I'm about to give you, Africans with black bean soup, and it's just a really wonderful celebration of neighbourhood. The guacamole recipe is this, and this is what we had with our fish tacos the other night. Three ripe avocados one fresh red chilli or a small piece of red pepper, one small bunch of coriander, half a small red onion, some olive oil, three or four cherry tomatoes and limes and just put the whole, finely chop everything and add the avocados, mash it all up with the lime juice, add a bit of olive oil, salt and pepper and there you are, serve it with your nacho chips or your beautiful, very, very, tacos. Very busy guacamole, like lots of things in it. Mm. Well, just delicious. Uh, Mike, you're taking notes. I can see we're coming to your house over <laughs> summer. The house I haven't seen, but Carol has. I haven't had a home-cooked <laughs> meal since I was about 40. Oh, that's uh, cool. And that wasn't last week. I'm sorry, you've been to our house for dinner. That's a home-cooked no, no, meal. No, by, at my by own you. hand, yeah. I used to love going to your house for dinner when you were living in East Melbourne and you'd get, was it Il Duca who used to bring yeah. the food over? Yeah. Those meatballs were unbelievable. How good were they? Oh, they were so good. Okay, we, th- no, can I just say thanks to Vital yeah. Smarts for helping us present this rather ad hoc sort of kind of book, screen, film, footy, everything segment. Our and friend Laurie well Chartres has the best um, guacamole, good local tip. You chop up the garlic with the rock salt on the same board. So as you're chopping the garlic, you do it on top oh, of the rock infusing. salt. Oh, it's infusing. And it infuses. Can I go back briefly to the grandparent thing? Yeah, I sure. saw a beautiful, I don't know if beautiful is the word, but something that really hit me was Gary Ablett Sr., Gary Ablett Jr., and young Gary's new baby. Well, don't tell me it's called Gary. No, it's called Jordan. Number three. No, Jordan. And and the look of contentment and inner peace that Gary Senior had, it's the first time I've seen that on him. Really? For years. And I thought, that's what grandkids do. Mm. I mean, it was, this is this man who was just a grandfather, the greatest, perhaps the greatest player to ever play the game, who never had any contentment when he was playing. And he's got it now with his... I tell you what, Mickey, all the worries of the world disappear, don't they, when you're in bed with one of your grandchildren and you're reading them a story, as I was on Saturday morning, about to go to work and getting a bit stressed about the day, and Hattie came in and said, Mops, story, story, so we just, what else do you do for 20 minutes? I play golf every second Monday with Willie, pick him up from school. Oh, do you? And actually, Wayne Carey's, this is at Middle Park Does he have a bit of talent? He does. He's got a nice swing. Good. He's better than his grandfather. And so Wayne and Wayne goes down and picks up um, a little girl. Ella. Is it Ella? Oh, it? that's his oldest daughter. But anyway, anyway, go on. And I go down and pick up um, Willie and we go to Albert Park Golf Course and play six or seven holes. And I, I, I love doing that. That is so good. Yeah. I'll be coming along with hats soon, okay? All right. We'll pose a foursome. <laughs> she's not she's You can not get me on the, But I won't yet. know where to go if you invite me to your course. No, you I'm won't. not going to tell you. It's <laughs> private thank, conversation. Thank you again to Vital Smarts. That was book, screen and food, got globally proven crucial conversations. Corrie? Uh, yes. We're going to have another tough conversation now because you're grumpy. And I'm, Sid, we're going to do a few quick questions. Do you want to hang around for that? I've got, to, I've got to go shortly. Okay. Well, yeah, Corrie's right. going to tell on, us I'll what she's quick. grumpy about. I'm just, all I want to say is that 
people who pull out – now that I'm living – my bedroom is at the front of the house, which it hasn't been for some time, but we've moved into a place where I'm at the front of the house. I have noticed the number of cars that pull up or maybe they're Uber drivers, I'm not sure, somewhere between the hours of 2 and 5 a.m. And they have the music on in the car, usually doof-doof, so that bass is pumping. And they, they're out, they outside people's houses – is the neighbourhood not asleep? Am I the only one asleep? And they're all like, bye, bye, bye. Or in the case of Uber drivers, you know, they're doing their Too many young people in your neighbourhood. Honestly, there is a thing. The EPA has a thing called the Residential Noise Regulations. And there's something that says music, turn down the bass. The bass, sorry, not the bass. The bass. <laughs> I'm thinking of bass. I've got to pay my bass this statement. month. I know. That's real problem. <laughs> no, no. Turn down the bass. And... Um, there, are, there are also lots of rules and regulations about when neighbours can and cannot play their music. So if you're having the same sort of trouble as I am, Shit. drives me bonkers. Saturday night, I was thought I was going going mental with the number of cars and the and the and then also people talking on their phones and the volume is oh, right really. up. What about the three million homeless nuts. people we've got that can't get a meal? Oh come on, move on. Okay, six quick questions. Me to you, Caro. Oh, feel actually, free to feel free to actually jump to in, Mike Steve. as well. I'd like to ask you the, both of you this. Fran Kelly or Annabelle Crabb? Well, they're yin what and as presenters, hosts of um, insiders stepping into Barry Cassidy's big shoes. Well, it's going to change again next year, but um, I'm looking forward. I'll be able to report back when Fran hosts this week because Annabelle has been hosting. I think she's done a fabulous job, so different to Barry. I think Fran Kelly, I I think, is brilliant on her show on the ABC. I absolutely love her as an interviewer. Yeah, I agree she's with tough. that. But Crab's got a bigger personality, hasn't she? Well, it's, it's different to or Barry. a bigger public persona. Yeah, and yeah. it's different, which I think yeah. probably the point of difference is what yeah. they need. I think she's more versatile, Fran's a bit more focused, if I had to be completely brutal. Corrie, Steve Coogan or Rob Brydon? Rob Brydon. Really? Yeah, because on Saturday night after the fish tacos, we watched the trip and then we watched the trip to Italy and we were, I think Pete had gone to bed, but Checker and I were just mulling over which one did we prefer. And Rob Brydon, it's the Welsh accent. Apparently, Mickey, a very good golfer, very keen on golf, doesn't cheat. Don't ask Um, me because I've never heard of either of them. Oh, you Don't you watch What I Lie to You on ABC? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah he's he the host. Oh, okay. He's the one with the oh, Welsh accent okay. and the okay. cute little smile. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely Rob Brydon, more character for me. Oh, but Steve Coogan was great in Stan and Laurel anyway. Um, the Mac Horton interview on the weekend, Caro, how do you think he went? I thought he was fantastic. Did you watch it on Channel 7 I on saw Sunday night? I grabs from it. I thought it was great that he admitted he had nerves and nervousness and, and he wilted briefly before he took the stand against the Chinese swimmer. But uh, I... And Go I like the fact that he said that he went to the guy who ran third yep. and asked him to join him, and he said no. Yep. I thought that was really yeah. interesting, yeah. And, and that obviously made him doubt himself. But he said it makes no difference, and he explained the differences, and I think he's very brave, and I'm a Mac Horton fan. No, I agree. Fan. I'm a Mac Horton fan. Yep. Moving on. 40 years since Life of Brian Corrie, your favourite scene. Favourite scene, 17th of August, actually, it premiered in 1979, Caro and Mike. And my favourite scene is the stoning scene uh, when, <laughs> particularly, <laughs> lots of funny comments in this, but when John Cleese looks at all of these men dressed as women, dressed as men with their fake beards, and they're all shouting and screaming in high voices because they're all women, you know, stone him, stone him. And then John Cleese, who's the, the 
centurion looks around and says, are there any women here? No, 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 no. It's quite <laughs> hilarious. I do love this film. It's I also a great love, film. I also love Brian's mum in The False Beard. She she goes to the stone guy who's selling stones outside and she says, two points, two flats and a packet of gravel, thanks. I just love it. Anyway. <laughs> That's so famous. He's not the Messiah. Yeah. He's a very That's right. Is Ricky Gervais the new uh, star of that genre? No, never. Not no, nearly not. as funny. No, John Cleese. John Cleese reminds me so much of Slattery. Yeah, I agree with you that. You know, like watching Life of Brian a couple of weeks There's ago. There's no Monty just, Python. Oh, it's like Jeff Slattery team, all over again. Yeah. I, I do like Ricky Gervais. Um, Caro, uh, your favourite winter cocktail. I didn't know there was such a thing other than schnapps or Well, it was only, because, it's only because, and you can have them in summer too, but it is beautiful in winter. And I had one at the end of dry July on August 1, the old-fashioned bourbon, Angostura bitters, Sugar cube and a little bit of soda. What's your favourite drink in winter, Sid? A 10 ounce VB. <laughs> oh, anything I thought he was going to say. Winter, summer. Now, we're, we're about to close, but Corrie, you're going to leave us with a GLT. I am. It's the Sunbeam Sherpa Fleecy Grey Heated Blanket, Caro and Mike. Uh, depending on where you buy it, are the good guys Harvey Norman target somewhere like that? I thought you might do this this week. 80 to $90. It has a six-heat setting and an automatic off, so you can put the timer on. And you just – all you do – it's like an electric blanket, Sid. You just pop it into your, you know um, – Your plug. <laughs> your plug. Yeah. PowerPoint. What am I talking about? And it heats, it heats up in five minutes, so it's really quick. And then, as happened a couple of weeks ago, the heating at the rental went out for a week, which was so much fun, I can't tell you. Jane's nodding because she had heating issues as well. You wrap yourself in this blanket, and it's just beautiful. So that's it. Sunbeam is the make. Get me and a that's couple, my please. good local tip. And hey, that was such a lovely episode, Mike. Thanks for joining us. Just before us. we go, what are, does, are you, either of you concerned about the fact that Wall Street fell 750 oh, points overnight? Oh, don't talk to me about retail. Was, yeah, I, oh. I, I did notice that. What about that? Don't, I did notice not? that. Can we not talk about it? My anyway, go shopping, lo- shop local, tip. shop local, everyone. Um, and, Mike, I'll see you at the bookshop next time you need a book rather than going to the avenue. Bye, Corny. Bye, Thank- Nance. Thanks, guys. Tell your friends and family, everyone out there, to subscribe to our podcast. We love it if you give us a star rating. Five is fabulous because it helps other people to find us. And don't forget to send us all your messages and comments and everything, and you can send it to our Don't Shoot the Messenger Facebook page or, as I sh- said before, the Instagram account Don't Shoot Pod. Caro and I are planning our 100th show, which is in a couple of weeks. We hope that you'll be listening and hopefully you'll come along and help us celebrate. Thanks to Vital Smarts and thanks to Jane, our producer. And guys, what do we say? If you come on to um, You Cannot Be Serious, we'll be able to blurb your 100th show. Don't shoot the messenger, Corey. Is that the name of your podcast? Yeah, I said that at the start of the show. You Cannot Be Serious.